We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. I always say you should aim for peace, but if you can't aim for peace, aim between the eyes. <laughs> that was uh, McGregor. Anyways, welcome to episode uh, number seven of Union of the Unknowns. Uh, we are super sad because we don't have our host, Ashley, with us today, but don't fret because she'll be with us for our bonus episodes of Nacho Mama's News on Thursday. So, and Terrence, because he's Terry Canary, uh, and he lives on some remote island somewhere with his beautiful wife, uh, has having internet connection issues and wasn't able to make it today either. So, Terry, if you're listening to this, we love you dearly. Anyhow, uh, my name is Jacqueline, ATL Connector, and I am the lead honcho, whatever. Who? I mean, not really, but whatever. Head honcho. Today. <laughs> uh, we have uh, our beautiful, anybody want to have your second degrees of connection? Uh, Big Perm. Hey, Big Perm. Hey, what's up? What's up? And we have our favorite uh, Latino, uh, Michael Wessa. Hello, hello, everyone. Jay Will, Carbonated Concepts. And everybody's favorite sweetheart, who I like to call our center of peace, or sensibility, I mean, not peace, definitely not peace, but center of sensibility. I like to call him our normie, although he doesn't agree with that. Uh, Kiel Thor. Hey, Kiel Hey, everybody. And today we are going to talk about climate change. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Heavy subject. <laughs> and I'm probably throwing some chemtrails and stuff like that, which we all see, but most don't believe. All right. So, I mean, what do people think are up there anyway? I can wrap this up. Uh, so climate change is fake, right? Everybody's in agreement? Okay. Great yes. episode, guys. All right. Podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> Listen, we don't get paid the big bucks from our non-advertisers, okay, for a two-second episode, all right? <laughs> so go ahead. Get started. You guys were the ones talking about this last night. Oh. yeah. What's Please up, don't. Buttercup? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, climate change is maybe true who knows but uh, i don't think the solutions that everybody's talking about are the ones that we need to be pursuing i really feel like it's another sense of them to be able to control <laughs> i think that uh winter summer fall autumn and spring are called seasons for a reason yeah seasons for, well so i'm just going to kind of lead into a subject then if they're talking about us getting these electro electronic cars. Hey, get these EVs. We'll give you a discount to get these EVs, blah, blah, blah. Everybody, it's going to save the world. But then you look down in California where they're having this power grid struggle. 
and I don't know how how true this is, but and I in Oregon, it was recommended to not charge your car over time over over a certain like, hey man, we have these fire warnings, we need the power, don't charge your car. To the point that I heard that they were like, you're not charging your car tonight, and they literally cut the power to those people or to a certain sub- subsect of people. But I'm saying, though, once you go with these, e- I feel like this EV car thing is maybe the first step of this uh, climate control scam BS thing they're trying to pull on us. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, not only that, but with all these electric vehicles, like these, the electric vehicles, I don't want to start naming them off, but um, how do we know that they've already been proven to be hacked, right? So how do we know that they, with some of these, Individuals are already working and probably funded by the government and the CIA and stuff like that. And how do we know that they're not going to just come in and say, oh, this person has a low social credit score, so they're not allowed to drive their vehicle today, and we're going to go ahead and shut it off. Yeah. Like, that could be done. That could huh? be done with gas-powered vehicles, too. I can start and stop my car with an app on my phone. I cannot, um, so... I have uh, adaptive cruise control. I'm sure anybody could get a hold of my vehicle and drive me into a tree at 120 miles an hour if they want to. So that's not just an EV thing. So basically the car keeps distance for me. I set it at a speed and it follows traffic. If traffic slows down, it slows down without me having to brake or do anything. Is it almost like an auto drive? Like it'll curve with the road? Like yeah, it keeps me between the it. lines if there's yeah. decent paint on the road. If if you're on some back road with like barely any markings or something, it's gonna have a hard time. But on normal roads with good paint, it keeps you in the lane. And if you need to take your hands off the wheel for a minute, not a minute, it'll yell at you if you do it for a minute. But if you need to take your hands off the wheel for ten seconds or something, you're fine. I hear you. Yep. Yeah, my car's got that too. It's kind of kind of creepy to let it just take your hands off the wheel and let it uh, try to re you know keep your car like you were saying. It's uh I, my I have a Subaru and it's got the little the stereoscopic vision cameras up on the top of the windshield. Talking about the the three sixty view. No, it's not that. It's just it's a twenty uh it's twenty sixteen. I think, but uh, anyway, yeah, it'll it'll nudge you away from the lanes as you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine does that too. And uh, but it, it won't drive around a corner or something. But it's if still, the still just bending though. Will it do it? Yeah, if it's if it's not too sharp, it'll just it'll keep you know yeah. pushing you a little bit. Over. Turn or whatever, like yeah, no, it's not. Uh, and and I, uh, so I I use that if I'm on a long trip. And I can tell that I'm, you know, getting kind of tired and I'll say, well, I better turn that on just in case. And it'll, you know, kind of wake you up because it'll knock the wheel a little bit as you're driving. So yeah, I'm in traffic. I'm away home from work every day that stops a lot. And it's nice to just have it slow down for me and stop. And I don't got to keep my feet on the pedals the whole time. Mm. And you're not if a we're true stopped driver. for like you're, five yeah. seconds, I just have to press the resume button you're a borderline and it'll go again once traffic starts. So I don't really have to mess with the pedals at all. 
I mean, do you even know I'd how to drive just... a stick shift? Yeah, most of what I've owned were manuals. I was I was gonna say like the biggest probably perk to that because I didn't realize it worked when stop and go traffic when you're like dude 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 so if it does that I mean that pays for itself. That's the best part. Yeah, that's the most tedious part about driving. My uh, friend has a Tesla and it will actually drive itself on the road, uh, but uh, he was demonstrating for me one time we were on a road trip. And it will kind of misinterpret intersections sometimes. Like if you're on a uh, like a like a country highway, and you know the speed limit is still up to seventy or something, but there will you'll have non-lighted intersections, just an just an just a road that's coming across the highway, and it'll see that and think it's an intersection, and it'll start braking when it's on its when you're approaching it. So. That's kind of a downside. But on the freeway, there's intersections that cross with no Yeah, light. like the, the the ones that go that aren't next to a big city that are way out in the country. Interesting. That, Makes yeah, sense. Multi-lane highways out there without yeah, there's there's no lights or anything. But um it is pretty cool though, because they you know, those Teslas, if you've ever been in one, they've got these huge uh screens in the in the console there and it has all sorts of information you can play games and watch movies and stuff but when it's uh doing the auto drive thing you'll you'll see the position of your vehicle and all the other vehicles around you and it detects the stuff in real time so you can see that's crazy around you and stuff like that so strange that's pretty cool i remember i was at CES 2013, and I saw a Tesla on display there, and that screen just got me. I was like, "Wow, that thing's like 24 inch screen or something like that in the middle of this." iPad on there. Please. It was like in in the center of the the dash. Mm-hmm. Funny story about Tesla. I don't know if you guys have um, heard of this, but they have the S series, they have the E series, they have the X series, and they have the Y series. It's the sexy series. And yeah, Elon's a yeah, kid <laughs> in like, a lot oh, of ways. That's clever, like that's good. Did you know in a that the the, uh, the Tesla has speakers in the car seats underneath your butt? Mm, and no, you can make fart noises on somebody the else's seat, <laughs> and you can make the cars dance. And they'll I've like start shaking, like moving weird and stuff. Really? Starts twerking. <laughs> All right. So, Jacqueline. All for the environment. Yes. What would you like to go next with this? Environment? Yeah, we kind of went off the rails with cars it. right there. I don't know. I mean, I'm a car girl and all, but I like the old uh, style cars. But I have yeah. a 1974 Plymouth Duster in the garage, too. Jesus. So. I like the old cars. Does it work? Uh, it did before we disconnected the motor. We're putting a different one in. So. Oh. Well, hopefully you can figure out how to, like, have it run off of water or oil dope. or something like that. So that way you can, um, if, you know, if everything goes to shit, you need to get out. Like, even if you just have water or whatever. I got some big old tires on that thing too, so 
don't post movies about it on YouTube if you. No, because you'll be assassinated. Yeah, I'll be dead. You guys will be like, "What the fuck happened to Perm?" Yeah, we don't want you to be assassinated because you heard about that police officer that got assassinated because he had learned how to run his vehicle on water, whatever, whatever it was. Supposedly, uh, allegedly, (laughs) he had figured out how to do that. I mean, I saw a video that it worked. So. Listen, I know I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, the water thing, because I've heard that, but they've always been assassinated. And I mean, logically, if you can get a pressure cooker to work and condensate and put the water back in and repressurize, maybe. Okay, okay. But the real shit, a gasinator. Has anybody heard of a gasinator? Oh no, yeah. what's that? <laughs> I can't what's say that. You can it looks like a it looks like a water uh water heater. It's like this big thing and I don't know. You can just YouTube it. I don't understand how it works, but you can throw anything in it. Roadkill, wood, dead weeds, anything. And it just burns it, burns it, burns it, and creates energy, energy. from it. And it goes a quart a quart of wood is like a million miles. But the yeah. way the system works. So I'm just saying like would Before that run a whole school. car though, or it just runs like a small system? You can run a car, you can run a truck, you can run a semi. You just have to build well, the motor bigger. But the thing about it is, when you uh, heat wood to the point of burning, but you keep it inside of an enclosed system, the wood emits flammable gas. That and makes it's just, sense. It's regular wood, and I don't remember what the gas is called, but it's a it's a biogas, and you can use it as fuel. So you're combusting that gas in the in the engine. It's I don't like think this. it's I don't think it's as efficient as what as you're I'm saying. saying. Yeah, All but right. I mean it's it's a it's a legitimate thing. But uh, you still have to have a, a burning heat source in order to smolder the wood like that. And smolder is not the right word either because it doesn't actually smoke or anything. It's just you're heating it to it's a point all... where the gas is being released. But it's at least more efficient and gasoline at least to from my i mean i've heard it was a hundred times more efficient so i'm just saying if is you it could, at least if you your... could gasify the wood and then collect the gas separately and then just put the gas the, the gas fuel in your tank at that point then it would probably be at least as convenient as filling up with liquid fuel but i'm sure the the whole process and industry and for converting oil to gasoline is at at least a way more way cheaper than it would be to start doing gasification at this point just because we have it available but you know any any new fuel source should be looked at in my opinion i wanted to jump in this on the last pod but this one i just feel like this a lot is kind of, this, of open, so just go for yeah, it. Yeah, this like whatever energy <clears throat> crisis or energy conservation. Or oh, safety. really funny, oh, Beva. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Beavis and Butthead. I love the ad lib, but My I'm man. just saying, like, I feel like a lot of stuff that's done now is just mainly not for the good of society it's not like hey you can increase the average person's life by six months if you did this no no it's all for profit so i'm really concerned with how they're handling the the energy crisis like we're talking about 
we can do gasifiers or we can do blah, blah, blah. I just feel like the way that they're trying to pinch us and force us to the electricity and take away the fossil fuels is just a way to narrow us. You but know it's collapsing our electrical system, too. The word. Exactly. 100%. But it's collapsing our electrical system. So here's one of the things from when I was even back in, like, high school, middle school, whatever it was. I remember as a child when they were talking about new inventions and stuff like that that were being created or – um, new products that they were like introducing because this one product product was hazardous hazardous in the environment. I was always thinking, I always thought, well, not one thing is going to provide all solutions because each thing has issues of its own, right? And it's like, so what issues do we want over the other? Because at first it was plastics, right? And then you have to recycle plastics. And then one time it was glass. And then we can recycle glass, right? So that stuff was solved. And then it was styrofoam. But now they found solutions for styrofoam, right? So, like, for example, we talked about uh, Home Depot. One of the amazing things that they do is turn all that styrofoam and stuff like that and turn it into insulation. And um your heating things you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i know we stopped recycling glass here like 15 years ago super weird like we always did when i was growing up and then all of a sudden they stopped accepting it so i throw it in the trash some people drive to like the fire station and put it in like a bin or something but i'm not gonna go out of my way to carry do you know why bag full of glass to the bin? Because we're no, I have no idea why. doing with it it's, if your whole own place isn't doing with it because they still have to send it somewhere. Right. It takes more energy to recycle the glass than it takes to make new glass. Yep. It's the same thing with, dude, if you look, just Google how much aluminum that you recycle, it's like 8% or like 11% of the aluminum you actually recycle gets recycled. It's like some, it's, you might as well throw it in the dump. They're just like, well, oh, trash. You this can is- infinitely recycle aluminum, but it's the plastics that they don't, they don't recycle hardly at all. But plastic is always the thing that they ask you to recycle. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's just a scam. It's just, a, you yeah, it makes say, you feel like you're doing your part or something. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's an American thing, bro. Uh, the local municipalities get, federal funding when they have a recycling program in place you say that and same thing and they don't have to actually have an effective program they could just throw it all in the dump as long as yeah (laughs) we recycle you know yeah (laughs) dude so but at the same time it gives us that warm hug feel good feeling like we're we're saving the earth you know realistically the united states has what 400 million people what are we talking here? Like 330, I think. Let's hey, just say serious. 400 for even money. How many we'll people are in the United States? We'll say 400 million. It's probably like 360 or something. But for even money, we'll say 400 It was million. 331 million people. And we're over here putting the most stringent restrictions on ourselves. And China has 2.1 billion. And India has 2.1 billion. And they don't give a fuck. They burn everything. They just use coal. They so listen, man. I just by simple odds and statistics, there's no way you're gonna tell yeah, me but that this 300 air million population, is but their air five billion. And their air quality is terrible. A hundred percent. That's what I was trying to say. 
No, yeah, but they don't care. Who's? I'm swiping around left and right. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm belligerent. Hello. <laughs> hey. Oh, someone's joining. Stella. Six one four. Stella. Hello. Stella, can you, can you Stella uh, change your name? Video. Just as an FYI, non-video can't be seen. So I already have that set up. Listen, guys oh, take good. Okay. But it listen, doesn't matter. Then. This is without yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I already had that set up. Okay, listen. So this is thank you, Stella, for joining us, our favorite Australian. Yes. So one of the <laughs> things I kind of wanted to mention was so this is on the Wikipedia, and I kind of wanted to break this down, and then I'd love to hear Stella's thought on it, not like the rest of you buffoons. All right. So Kentrell <laughs> conspiracy theory. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. All right, listen. It says <laughs> All right. This article, this is a Wikipedia, right? Kentrell conspiracy theory. This article is about the conspiracy theory that contra that contrails are deliberate releases of poison for harmful chemicals emitted by aircraft. See environmental impact of aviation. For attempts to influence weather with aircraft, see cloud seeding. For the use of aircraft to apply pesticide and herbicide, see crop dusting. For the Beck song, see chemtrails. <laughs> the chemtrail conspiracy theory is the erroneous belief that long-lasting con condensation trails are chemtrails consisting of chemicals or biological agents left in the sky by high-flying aircraft sprayed for nefarious purposes undisclosed to the general public. Well, obviously that's true, but they just really specified that in their initial prerequisite to the whole article. They just broke it down and told you which names is to research it under. Am I wrong? Yeah. Stella? Stella? I would say it's, uh, it's wrong saying that it's not available to the general public because if you dig deep enough, you can find this stuff. <laughs> and you don't even have to dig very deep actually. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a, a fellow, Jim Lee. You hear Listen, me okay, did he wrote a book on chemtrails? Uh, he runs a, a uh, website called climateviewer.com. It's, it's an excellent resource, climateviewer.com. If anyone wants to go there, they can certainly learn a lot about chemtrails and contrails and the pros and cons. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a, there's different forms of chemtrails. We've got the contrails and we've got the chemtrails, but they're all real, and they're all fucking up the sky. Oh, sorry. Oops. That's okay. We're more than fifteen minutes in our thing, so it doesn't matter. You can say a bad word. So yeah, sorry about that. Still oh, it up. says the claim has been dismissed by the scientific community. Oh, because that's so true. <laughs> Scientific co community is what created this in the first place. One hundred percent. That's what I was thinking. I can tell you though, I don't know any scientists that have dismissed the idea of chemtrails. Do you know any scientists? Isn't Terry a scientist? He's Terry a mathematician. Oh well, then I guess his I don't... wife's a scientist though. I I studied computer science in college. Does that count? Yeah, you're a scientist. Okay. Close enough. A science of computers. Right? Well, there we go. <laughs> because of Pretend persistence like of Fauci the... Does. What, what, Stella? Say that again? Pretend like Fauci does. What you have to do 
is go and get three more boosters. Otherwise, your <laughs> immune response will be too low in the coming season. Oh my gosh, Big Perm, you need to be on top of it. Don't you have a Fauci one? We can't hear you, love. Huh? Yeah, oh, he says okay. Hold on one second. Michael is back. Very sorry. It was an emergency state. Well, (laughs) I I hold the uh, position that climate change, whether it's real or not, you, you can, we can, we know that uh, contrails oh, directly, directly affect the climate in large ways. So if anything, we should be studying those and determining how to, and how to disrupt so, that whole process. So here's my question. It says here, because of the persistence of the conspiracy theory and questions about government involvement, scientists and government agencies around the world have repeatedly explained that the supposed chemtrails are in fact normal contrails. But how many times have I seen an aircraft flying over me and I don't see anything coming out of there, the back of their plane? Why all of a sudden is this normal then? It's, it depends on a lot of atmospheric conditions. For, uh, for you be, to be able to see a, a contrail or chemtrail. Then why are some of the planes that have these contrails going over you circling and going back and forth and creating lines in the sky over one specific area? Because it seems like they're purposely trying to drop stuff. I don't know. If you're not, in the middle of an airport, not, there's probably a lot no, of planes. Like that are right here in the city of Atlanta or in Sandy Springs. Allegedly. Atlanta's a hub. A lot of Atlanta places. has the busiest airport in the yeah, there's a lot in of the United States in the world. Yeah, and I don't see any trails coming out of the back of those planes. No, they're not dropping cams around the airport. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Midtown, where the airport's not even anywhere near. Could I just say something real quick? This Michael, is the thing. For it. This is the thing that blows my mind. So you know, like Dubai, whatever out there. I don't even know where it's at, but Dubai. Okay, there, Emirates. They create rain with chemtrails. Over oh, hundred percent. My dad literally dad's... create rain. Like so, we're gonna make clouds. It's gonna rain. It's gonna be lush. So if you guys don't do mind, huh? I have a clip queued up. Speaking about Dubai, go for it. If you don't mind, yeah, play it. it. Okay, so. We talked about this last week, and now we're going to do a, a deep dive with Devo. Dubai, Dubai mm-hmm. is making it rain in a sweltering desert by zapping clouds with electricity using drones. Fascinating, isn't it? So much to ask, but let's just let's take it, and then we'll we'll okay. do a few questions. Before we talk about what's happening in Dubai, let's talk about cloud seeding in general, because a lot of people I don't think understand what cloud seeding is. And this has been going on for decades, by the way. This is not something that's brand new, um, but traditionally, what cloud seeding is, it involves using aircraft or drones or even some cannons to push silver iodide up high into the clouds. Why silver iodide? Because what that, that has the same crystal structure as ice so once it gets up into the clouds it starts to accumulate ice on it and these large raindrops which helps especially in a you know a cloud mass that's not really going to rain it helps to bring rain and especially snow down so it works it does work 
marginally. But the problem with silver iodide through the years has been this, is that they, they feel it could be harmful to aquatic life. Okay. Okay. So over in Dubai, which is what you're seeing here, they took it a different step. And what they basically did, they had a fleet of drones that flew up into cloud cover and they, they used electrical charges to force water droplets to combine into larger ones. So not silver, not cloud seeding no, as we no, know. No, no, they're not using the traditional silver iodide, which takes out the environmental right. aspect of that, okay? So they're using just electricity to create larger raindrops. Why larger raindrops? Because in Dubai, they only average about four inches of rain per year as most of the rain that falls out of the clouds evaporates because it's so hot, it's so dry, and the water molecules are so tiny. So what they're trying to stimulate by using electricity these droplets to be larger. Hence, they can make it to the ground. Now, I will tell you that the jury is still kind of out a bit on whether or not this was a fluke, whether this is something that can work long term. So they need to continue with these drones and they're going to continue to do this. Yes, yeah. Mr. Rhodes. So assuming it works and it mm -hmm. wasn't a fluke, mm -hmm. why not use this out in the Western US where all these wildfires are and the drought is going on? Could this not help us That's here? A fantastic question. And they've been trying. Uh, and it, this is stuff that, first of all, it's very expensive too. Uh, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, which is fine when you're trying to alleviate a drought. Sure. It cannot work with wildfires. Here's the thing. You can't just throw silver iodide or electricity into a clear sky and it rains. It doesn't work that way. You have to have the right cloud structure, the right cloud height. They have to be tall, getting up well into the freezing layers. Then you can try to stimulate that process. And they've done that out west. During the winter time, when they get days and days of cloud cover, mm -hmm. they've done that and they've noticed they've been able to increase the snowfall pack five to 15%. Okay. But the area and the weather, Russell, around wildfires is not conducive to that type of cloud cover. So you can't do it. In other words, we need to treat the drought. Which will they? So I think that we've heard enough. Yeah, yeah. That obviously shows that they're not only doing it in the United Arab Emirates, but they're doing it all over the world. Yeah. And I'm not someone that thinks that uh, contrails and chemtrails have to be mutually exclusive. I think that yeah. we see both regularly. From the Vietnam War, my dad was in the Air Force, and he talked about how, like, when hurricanes and stuff like that would come up, how they tried to, like, fly into top of the hurricanes to break it up but that was where they started testing out all of weather manipulation operation popeye is that what thank it's called? you my man i'm just saying like with these chemtrails and with all this stuff i mean it's just science it's a basic it's it's you would try it if you had the technology you know what I'm saying? I just feel like they might have. Can, I don't know. I feel like for some reason that they crossed the line, but I almost feel like they didn't cross the line. Like it's tough. It's can tough. I can I say something to that? Of course. It's not just science. It's business. It's very big business. It's about uh, insurance companies. It's about uh, event planning. 
it's big business. You you can if if I was rich enough and my daughter was getting married, I could spend fifty hundred grand and ensure she has a good day for her wedding. It's just normal. Yeah, of course. There are there are websites that there are websites readily available that people can go and look at. Uh, I can probably find them for you again. I don't have them in my site right now. Uh, that offer these services. I'm looking right now at, at australianrain.com.au. Uh, readily available to look at and read. Uh, welcome to Australian Rain Technologies. They Where they talk can about change over. the weather if you're like getting married and you don't want it to rain on your wedding day or something? Yeah, that's normal. That's normal. Wow. That's just normal business service. That's a service oh. that is offered. I don't know. Totally. I mean, unless it's offered here in the United States, I'm sure it is. But we, because we're poor, we don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure. I, look, I, I don't have my research in front of me. This was a very bit of a spontaneous thing for me. Yeah. Uh, but, but um, yeah, Canada, America, it's, it's, it's there's no exclusion zones. I don't think. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how widely the services are spread probably more in the Western world where it's a little richer, perhaps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the technology has been going on uh, in Australia and Oman. You were talking about the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> United mm-hmm. Arab Emirates. Yep. Um, Oman is where they've been doing it for quite some time um, and uh, at like a 100% rate of success. Uh, but that's also wow. been carried on in, I, in Australia. It's called Atlant. Atlant technology. Incredible. Uh, this has been um, more through the ionization technology, though, rather than the the cloud seeding. Who would so, even uh, think about that? There's, there's wow. several ways of doing weather manipulation. Um, it's not just all coming out of planes. Wow. wow. I was going to say, with, with the cloud seeding, you would imagine when we're struggling in California or Arizona or Las Vegas, I went to Las Vegas and there was a 15 day water limit. It was like on deck. So it's like, with that kind of technology, I I don't understand why we don't pursue or, you know what I mean? Come up with our own, I guess would, would be. Well, they explained in the clip that on clear skies, there's nothing to see. So, yeah. If there's no clouds to help push along to rain, then it sounds like they're kind of shit out of luck. I'm no expert, but. Well, somebody posted a YouTube video today that I watched on our, our Discord that uh, gave a whole history of uh, weather manipulation, cloud seeding, and all that stuff. It was very informative. We should probably put it in the uh, the show notes, you know. Who posted um, that? Do you know? I, I don't recall, but oh. look it up. It'll, it's there. But yeah, I mean, in that video, they were talking about, you know, if you think about it, mankind has been trying to make it rain for, you know, millennia through dancing and all sorts of weird traditions. And it wasn't until recently when we started thinking, well, maybe we can do it chemically. And I think the guy that, that came up with the, the dry ice uh theory he discovered that when he when he breathed into a 
like a cooler that had dry ice in it, he could see the ice crystals forming just in the air. So, you know, he carried dry ice through a cloud and sure enough, it triggered the, uh, the, the ice particles and everything to uh, condense and rain would come down or snow would come down. So I think that was kind of the start of the modern uh, process. Yeah, and let's not forget that the the concept of weather manipulation really did start in the late nineteenth century. Yes, but it, I think a big part of the argument with the two sides we have is uh, Stella, you, Keel, and I had this conversation last night. But the there are contrails and there are chemtrails or whatever you want to call it, cloud seeding or anything like that. So anybody who knows anything about aviation knows that moisture in the you know coming out of the exhaust can since you lose two degrees for every thousand feet up that an airplane goes that that moisture can freeze and create what we see as like a a line cloud and it seems that the chemtrail community thinks that every commercial airplane that flies up in the air is spraying stuff all over the place and that every one of those contrails or chemtrails, whatever you want to call it, is spraying on us. And oh. I'm of the belief that they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I have degrees in air traffic control, airline dispatch. I worked for an airline for a few years. I've turned planes by myself. I've emptied and loaded the tanks of the, the blue juice and the lavatories and everything. I never filled up any... Uh, chemtrail tank in my time there. But uh, I don't. But you didn't work on those chemtrail planes. That could have been the issue. That's my point. That it's not the commercial planes that are doing this. Hence, why they don't don't ever see that stuff coming out the bottom of their planes. But but the, the people that are really into the chemtrail community think it's like every plane that's doing it. Oh, really? Well, that's weird. Why would it be every plane? That doesn't they make haven't sense done either. their research. <laughs> What'd you say, Stella? That's because they haven't done their research. What a oh, plan. yeah. I mean, <laughs> people just, yeah, anyway, let's not go there again. That's an echo chamber. But uh, in my research, I did come across um, an Italian company who are very often engaged by multiple governments around the world. Uh, they're sort of the go-to for um, cr- manufacturing the equipment that goes onto the planes that carries whatever people want to put in them. Uh, mm. they're the, yeah, they're the dudes. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a business. <laughs> mm. It happens. But, yeah, definitely not every single plane. That would just be ignorant to think that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I keep my eye on the skies a lot, and I've got thousands of photos over the time of um, vicious kind of looking skies, and then I observe what happens afterwards. At the moment, we're going through a phase which is, I was going to say Groundhog Day, but it's actually Skyhog Day. Um, it's exactly the same every day. <laughs> it's a formula. Mm. Including so, the trail. Um, Kyoto had mentioned Operation Popeye earlier. So I'm going to say Operation Popeye, according to Wikipedia, which we all know is so honest, 
Mm-hmm. Operation Sober Popeye is not controlled at all. It is definitely the people's uh, information page for sure. They don't ever lock anyone out of anything. But, anyways, Operation Sober Popeye Project Controlled Weather Pop blah 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 was a military cloud seeding project carried out by the U.S. Air Force during the Vietnam War in 1967 and 1972, which was the time that my dad was there. So congratulations. Kill. The highly classified program attempted to extend the monsoon season over specific areas of Ho Chi Minh Trail in order to disrupt North Vietnamese military supplies by softening softening road services and causing landslides now my dad didn't tell me that my dad told me it was to try to help create stop hurricanes and shit but you know my dad who eventually worked with the cia at some point allegedly to him working on ships and stuff and a core thing after the military uh didn't tell me about that but why would he so plus he's old you know he doesn't remember. It's in the anything. interest of national security. Yeah. Yep. So he's, um, you know, whatever. Let's just say he's senile. Let's we'll just say that publicly. Nothing wrong with a good senile person. He's senile. <laughs> <laughs> so, can, along the line of chemtrails, I mean, we got somebody here that knows about him, Mister Two. Please let me know. Is it? Is it real? Is it fake? Give me Are, your insight. Chemtrails? I, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, I've heard arguments. Uh, uh, most of the stuff that I've heard uh, are, are tend to be along the lines, like what Perm was saying, that people just kind of say, oh, all of them are chemtrails. They're all, you know, evil, full of chemicals, trying to kill us kind of things. But the the phenomenon of contrails exists, and it's a real phenomenon, and it doesn't have to contain a bunch of evil chemicals for it to happen. And you, you will see them sometimes, and sometimes you don't, and it has to do with atmospheric pressure and temperature and all these different weather conditions. So, well, you know, I guess, the, I guess the question I'm getting to, with these chemtrails, do you think they're like, I want these people to be stronger or i want these people to be smarter do you think they're really dropping particles down on where they fly over possibly you know i think that it it would be a very uh brilliant technique for controlling uh food production in various parts of the world you know (laughs) Uh, even if they weren't or yeah if they even if they weren't chemicals being put into the planes simply by putting more of the type of cloud that contrails produce can, you know, fuck with the, the temperature in the, in the region. I mean, that's, that's a known measurable phenomenon. So you, yeah, it could be really true. There's also the possibility of uh, biological weapons by genetics. Um, mm-hmm. We've, we've heard, Bind you know, right. the more, the more they collect our DNA, the more they can, Oh, here's uh, a aim uh, a biological weapon towards a certain type set of people. Have you guys done twenty three and Me? No. Hell no. no. Have you what? done a twenty three and Me? They have sold their 
data to I can't remember some company that makes China. Uh, weapons. China. So they can be like, oh, you don't China. like wheat? We're gonna kill the people that are allergic to wheat. Uh. <laughs> like they they literally sold all the data to a mass weapon. I think anybody who's system. taken a PCR test in the last two years probably Yeah, your shit's gone. Lost their shit yeah. too. It doesn't matter. We're all good. And I've never taken that either. <laughs> I wish but, I could say the but, same. But, but, but I have given plasma, so they got my DNA that way. Yeah, at the re- on the, the long or the short end of the stick, we're all caught. We're always like, the it, government can't take my guns. But <laughs> if they pull up in a tank, I have no chance. Uh-huh. <laughs> or if like three, <laughs> two or three military guys came out, I would be disarmed and yeah, that's the yeah. misconception, you know though, that you think the the military is going to act on behalf of the government against their own family and friends. Well, the military no, are part of our community. When somebody like Biden says, "Oh, your AR-15 is going to do nothing against a tank or a jet," humans, part of this community, have to run those tanks and those jets. And yeah, they're going to be having to drop bombs on their own family members and friends. That's not going to happen. Like but I, out here, if it was somebody like Trump, these people would have went. They would have gone. Like, what? Give me your gun. I'm like, wait a second. I'm in the middle. They wouldn't have. Well, the trick to that is you don't send the people that are from the area to go police the area. Yes. And then commercial right? other side, other side of the country. They're going to have to bring in NATO for that because even on the other side of the country, in this country, we got lots of friends in lots of places and we're not going to bomb our own, our own people anymore. And I, I have a can terrible I just say something to that? Stella, Stella go for it. Stella, go for it. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. <clears throat> not sure if there's a delay or not. Uh, yeah, so what you were talking about just then about uh, engaging people from outside the area so there's no personal contact or relationships. That's exactly what happened here in Australia with those, well, and I'm sure Canada and elsewhere. Uh, You've probably seen the footage of the Aussies being thumped and uh, beaten up by the black-clad whatever they were, super soldiers or something. They were definitely not Australians. They were not our force. (laughs) Not a chance. They were brought in. They were aliens. In fact, I would go so far as to say they've had their souls stripped, but that's just a conspiracy. Uh, there was something about that whole setup that was just test. We were just being tested. Uh, they were checking out their new soldiers. Well, they unfortunately, were, they, brought, they, they brought the direct energy weapons into the protest. It took them, a, it took the police a couple of weeks to admit it, but they did admit it. I knew people that were burned there. Oh. And that's why we <laughs> we hear people using Australia as an example of why to never give up your guns. Because I don't I don't see a whole bunch of Americans getting beaten up by some black clad soldiers we have never seen before. When black-clad. we have <laughs> you know half a dozen guns in every other closet yeah. in this country. Yeah. Yep, well, but then know, again, all, uh, we let them shut us down, again. so who knows? Yeah, and they that happened exactly. in that. Uh, Monica always refers to the story about the guys in uh, uh, New Orleans during Katrina, and uh, 
they were they were out um just kind of they had their they had guns they're just some swamp guys and they were out there doing their thing out in the floods and the the police boat came rolling up and said hey you got to give us your guns it's a it's a direct you know directive order in the area something like that and they gave them up and then the police left and they just and they turned and looked at each other and said wait a minute what happened to our from our cold dead hands you know we just gave them our guns that's just happened so i mean it just it depends on the situation i guess if if we were actually being like tacked in mass by uh you know columns of troops going from neighborhood to neighborhood whether they were american troops or not you know that would be a way that you know we would organize and neighborhoods would defend themselves you know that that would happen but it's you know yeah you'd know they were coming yeah the the isolated kind of stuff you know when it's one or two guys and they're approached by you know police and you know if you fight back there's just going to be more police and you're you're going to lose so you know we the 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 big evil vision that we all have of tyranny is probably going to be harder to achieve by the state than dealing with it in piecemeal if that makes sense little by little they well, little, I- little is going to be their plan it's they're not just going to all troop up and start stomping through our neighborhoods because they know that'll that'll hit resistance well, the way it happened in Australia, as you probably all know, was the Port Arthur incident in 1996. I was living in Tasmania at the time, actually. Uh, now, let me set one thing straight first. Australia has not given up all their guns, okay? Everyone thinks that we're all sitting here completely defenceless. That's not true. It was automatic weapons and semi-automatic weapons. I've got a friend who has just purchased a gun that uh, I don't know a lot about guns. I have used them. <laughs> I know a lot about them, but you can have something like four in a cartridge, whatever that means. So you can also have handguns, etc. but strict uh, storage, etc. registration. So, yeah, they know, you've, they know what you've got, mm-hmm. unless you've got ghost guns, of course. But getting back to the Port Arthur incident, we... I mean, we handed in our guns, my, my gun. Oh, I mean, um, I was just... Because, because it was such a massive freakout. Like, that stuff just doesn't happen in Australia. And then when that happened, it, everyone was just shell-shocked. And it was like, oh, my God, what can we do? Hand in the guns. Sure, if that's going to make us safer, go for it. And we just didn't... We weren't educated enough. We weren't down the line enough to know really what was going on. Well, not enough people were. So it was very easy. And, you know... That was a false flag, in my opinion. It's a very big subject. Uh, but yeah, that, that was definitely a false flag. Thank you, John Howard. The current the prime minister at the time. Evil little. Well, at least you guys still have your stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you're still able to at least have some defenses. So why do you think they were able to, like, even though a lot of the so-called citizens or people of Australia were still armed that that they felt so comfortable to allegedly shut it down as much as like we heard that they did 
Were uh, they not afraid of retaliation really clear on the stuff question. like that? No, because it was it was it was one Fruit Loop. Like this is the story, the narrative. It was one Fruit Loop down in a little island in a place that's just nowheresville. Uh, it had nothing to do with anything else, uh, and it was just people just saying, well, yeah, okay, we, we don't want to go the route of America because all we used to see from America was massive shootings, massive shootings, mass shootings, another one, another right. one. And we're just going, we don't want to go down that road. So that was the thinking. I think that was the general populist thinking. Was that af- That was after Columbine then, if it was in the 90s. Is that what's, is that what's um, heard the effort down there in Australia? Was that before '96? I think it I'm, was. I'm not really sure. I think it was '95. Yeah. There was there was a number of them. Interesting. There was a number of mass shootings. But... If only we had a small box in our hands, we could look this stuff up. <laughs> oh, I can do that. Hey Siri, when was Columbine? <laughs> Dang, Siri coming through. Well, that was '99. Yeah, I don't think it was that far. Okay. It was but in 19. 19- oh, there, yeah. There have been April a lot 20th, of 1999. Wow. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Big Perm. I've been trying to get him to say that for a while, Stella. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's the one up. from Rocky. And they're like, no, that's Adrian. I was like, oh. We'll play the one. <laughs> Anyways, we're about to wrap up. Is there anything, any last thing anybody would like to say? And then, Big Firm, please cue up a uh, closeout. Closeout uh, clip? Yes, please. Closeout clip, start, please. Can but... we start with the Australian? May you spot us? Sorry. Oh, Michael, we oh, had our talk. It... I totally biffed that. Sorry, my bad. I'd just like to say, well, thank you for having me here. Um, it was nice to join. This is my very first long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I've posted into the show notes at the Jim Lee Climate Viewer um, episode, which I highly recommend people go and watch because it does go into a little bit of the history, uh, the origins of uh, even just the contrails, which them themselves, even if they seem innocent, aren't. Um, so, yeah have a look at that episode and uh you can't find me many places thank you for you having cannot me. find me stella if you send us that link um then we'll post it in the show notes it's in the show notes link now yep oh oh it's okay in the show notes thing. all right you're ahead of us all stella stella <laughs> okay go ahead uh, Who love you all next? love you too stella me. michael you're breaking up Michael, we broke up with you. He's doing the there robot. You go, Michael, go ahead. Sorry, I walked too. I walked too far away from my Wi-Fi. All right, go ahead. You want to close this out? You want to close out? All right. Uh, no, uh, someone else has to close out. I just have a good middle movement. Okay, go ahead. I just want to say thank you guys far? very much again for letting me jump in. Big love. Thank you so much. My wife's about to mow the lawn. There we go. Front, front face. <laughs> I think Lisa. you're the one that's about to mow the lawn. Oh, she's doing it. Okay. She's cooking steak and mowing the lawn. What do you do around there, Michael? 
He dances. He dances. <laughs> That's why he married a white woman, because <laughs> he knew she would do everything. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead, uh, Carl or Big Perm. Carl. What up, what up, what up? I'm Big Worm. I mean, Big Perm. <laughs> I love all my co-hosts and all of our listeners. And I'm happy every time I get a chance to sit down and talk with all of you. And uh, appreciate everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Minimum wage is fake. Recycling is fake. Gun control is fake. Airplanes are fake. And climate control is fake. I've been on lots of airplanes. They're not fake. Spice is fake. There are some fake airplanes. Space is fake and gay. There you go. And we didn't land on the moon, even though my dad says we did. Uh, It's one thing I will not believe from him, because how come we've never done it again? That doesn't make sense. It's so expensive, and there's nothing up there. We've definitely never gone to the moon, and we can have an episode about that in future times. Oh, we will. Me and Terry will. Yes. Oh, we will. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being amazing. Thank you for being you. Thank you for uh, being whatever, wherever, whenever. We love you. And most of all, thank you for listening to our crazy selves who just got together and was like, hey, our crazy conversations. Let's go ahead and just share them with the world because why not? So uh, we are going to close out with an amazing soundbite. Go for it, big perm. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> Which is a true story, by oh, the you way. Got- you should research it. <laughs> Look it up. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 